3: All right, welcome back to another edition of Backpage Breakdown. I'm Antoine Staley. Uh, obviously, just beat right if you don't know who I am. And joining me now is actually kind of a co- like a colleague. We both work for uh, the Tribune Company, too, as well. Uh, David Ferronis from the South Florida uh, sitting there with somebody I somebody I've known for years back when I was covering the Dolphins. And, you know, he was doing high school and obviously Miami Hurricanes. And now he's doing Miami Dolphins coverage, too. So, David, how you doing?
4: I'm doing well, man. Uh, glad to finally join your podcast.
3: Yeah, I know, man. It's definitely, uh, I'm definitely excited about this too. And you wrote an article uh, recently that I really enjoyed too. I advise people to uh, check it out on Twitter or, you know, you can search for it as well as about Tua and just kind of the one on one that you did with him. So just talk about what you learned talking to him and just, you know, the difference between uh, Tua this year compared to years past.
4: Yeah, essentially uh, what the story was about is uh, that that there's so much more to Tua Valoa going into the 2023 season than uh, just a quarterback that's trying to get over uh, the injury concerns of the past. Obviously, uh, that was a lot of the offseason was uh, taking every measure necessary to put himself in the best position to avoid those concussions that caused him to miss five and a half games. And obviously, we all know we uh, we don't have to recap the ugly scene in Cincinnati and then uh, what was believed to be another concussion before that the week prior uh, against Buffalo and then another one that kind of snuck up on everyone in that christmas day game against the packers uh overall causing them to to miss five leave early in in another game Uh, so uh he he took the jujitsu courses that has been documented so much and uh trying to get some muscle memory as far as uh, some of the the tactics techniques to uh better put himself in a position to fall when he takes those hits and then also strengthening up uh, that offseason of uh, strength training that he went through so that you can better withstand some of the hits from these uh, bigger defensive linemen, bigger linebackers that are knocking him over and then putting him I- in these positions where uh, not only the head, but he's previously had rib injuries Uh, he's had his finger uh, issues on his throwing hands and uh, we know ankle going back to college and that big hip injury uh, that he had in college that cut his time short at Alabama before his professional career so uh, all these things adding up and uh, I think he wants to just be a a bigger guy that can withstand that but uh, on top of all that that's now kind of in his mind a lot of it is that was the offseason and then now he's focused on football he's focused on His teammates, every single time you ask him about uh, something he's doing, then uh, he always answers it in a way that brings his team into uh, the the mix as well. Uh, The weapons he's got on offensive playmakers, his offensive line, who is trying to protect him also. That's part of the equation in keeping him healthy is improving in that aspect. So um, just sort of a a lot of where Tua stands going into this year. His maturity as a leader, uh, how he's grown in that department, how he's – Part of that is the maturity from uh, being a, a father now. Uh, he's about to welcome a second uh, child into the world. He already has one, Ace, who, who was born uh, last year uh, around the same time. Uh, actually, we're coming up on, on the, the birthday. has got to be. Uh, so, uh, And also now going into the second year in the same offense. That's something that he hasn't had in his whole college or professional career. So uh, just a lot of aspects to Tua going into this big fourth season for him.
3: Yeah, I think also he seems like he's more spicy than years past too. I mean, he talked about the Ryan Clark situation too. Let's talk about that. It seems like you know before he might have cared what people had to say about it, but now he seems like he's just in his own zone and doesn't really care about the outside noise.
4: Yeah, well, he actually uh, really has always been the type that doesn't pay attention to the outside noise. He he really – I mean, and I've heard this legitimately from other people around him too that uh, when he says in the media setting that he – doesn't know about what people are saying about him on Twitter or what analysts have said about him, uh, he really does not pay attention. He's just focused on um, his family, his football, um, and the people in his uh, inner circle. Uh, But uh, the Ryan Clark comments, he's just made aware of them moments before uh, as he's getting a press briefing from Dolphins PR as he's about to talk to us. So that was really, uh, in a way, some some raw reaction because he had just learned about the comments uh, minutes earlier before he he comes to speak to us. So, um, it, you know, in a way, it's not like he uh, he had a whole day to kind of take it in and then think about. Oh well, tomorrow I talk to the media. What they're gonna ask me about this? So uh, he really was uh, sort of that was his reaction. Is uh, he wanted to tell Ryan Clark, "You keep my name out your mouth." <laughs> he pulled a uh, he channeled some Will Smith uh, in him and. Uh, um, yeah sometimes you do see that spicy side of him uh, uh come out
3: so i could how good can this team be because I think the dolphins are a sneaky super Bowl contender and so long as two are staying healthy like i really think they have a legit shot obviously the jets i believe are there they're kind of in that same category with one another but how could how good dynamic can this team be
4: yeah that's the crazy thing about this afc east man is because uh, you mentioned the jets and the dolphins you cover the jets you know all about them and then uh, obviously, the, this Miami team is looking to take that next step. And uh, a couple of teams that haven't had the recent history, but now a lot of hype around them. So, uh, how do they react to that? And uh, the different situations uh, with uh, obviously Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets, but then the Dolphins, they added Vic Fangio to turn around the defense, which is so many of the years prior was one of the strengths under Brian Flores, pressure under Mike McDaniel with flips. The offense was number six in the league, but then the the defense now has to uh, be revamped a little bit. Added Jalen Ramsey, but we know he's going to be out for a considerable amount of time. Won't return until uh, maybe either mid to late, probably late into the regular season. So that'll be almost like a late season pickup uh, for the Dolphins. Uh, So And then obviously you can never uh, count out the the Bills. They're still, uh, until they are dethroned, they are the reigning AFC East uh, champs three years running now. Um, And then I, I never like to count out the Patriots. Maybe it's because uh, i've lived in miami for all these years and uh, jets fans will know the same way just over the past two decades a little bit before this bills uh run started it was always the patriots every single year in and out and uh consistently competing and uh making runs at Super Bowls, winning the division almost all of those seasons so uh you still can never count out bill belichick and something he might have up his sleeve so uh, can this team compete? I, I mean, I think so. It's just maybe that right now you'd have to still consider them a step below uh, the class of the AFC, but they could they have a chance to prove that they belong in that same category.
3: Yeah. I think the Patriots are well-coached. I think they they have a really good defense. Uh, I think Matt Judon is a candidate for defensive player of the year. And I think Bill O'Brien <laughs> also is going to make a big difference there. And Matt Jones, is just a matter of how good can he be? I mean, they have a really good running game with Stevenson. They added Ezekiel Elliott. Also added Juju Smith-Schuster as well. Though so, yeah, I think the Patriots – I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs, but I think they're – I think whoever wins the division, the Patriots will have a lot to say about that. I don't know how you feel about that.
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you still have to – Feel The Patriots uh, coming in are the fourth team in the AFC East out of these four. Um, and maybe something can happen with any of the other three that just flips it entirely. Uh, injuries always happen. Uh, other things, maybe chemistry not working out the way it was anticipated with some moving parts um, on different teams. But, um, I mean, it, you always got to consider the Patriots are a team that uh, will compete at least and make things difficult on teams, even when they are not at their best uh, talent-wise, roster-wise, and they still even make made some additions uh, including uh mike kosicki uh grabbed him from from the dolphins uh, a year after they grabbed Devontae parker from the dolphins we know this uh, afc east uh movement a lot of teams are always trying to pick up uh someone from uh from the other squads uh so so we see that a lot but uh yeah it'll still be tough to make the playoffs because uh if there's three wild card spots in the whole AFC, then just the math simply makes it very difficult for um, for the AFC East one division to get all of those wild card spots. So, um, and it's a very competitive conference across the board too, not just uh, the AFC East. Uh, the, the North has uh, got something said to say about it, and then also the AFC West.
3: Yeah, I was gonna say the AFC North is maybe just as tough as the AFC East. I mean, Cleveland and Pittsburgh are very intriguing teams that can make the playoffs, and then you got Baltimore and obviously Cincinnati too as well. I feel like the Jets and the Dolphins have very similar issues on the offensive line. Uh obviously with the Dolphins, you know, they have Toron Arstead, who's been, you know, their their best offensive lineman, but it's, I mean, he, he's been injury prone throughout the course of his career, too. But outside of that, it gets a little murky. Just how confident or do you feel in their offense a lot at this point?
4: Yeah, it, it is a big question, Mark. And the, the Dolphins didn't. Uh, do, I don't want to say enough, but they didn't make the big move uh, on the offensive line to uh, to uh, sharpen that up. Uh, obviously, they made the big move the, the offseason prior in Teron Armstead. He's always injury prone, so you know that that's something that you have to account for. So they might need backup left tackle Kendall Lamb to play uh, significant snaps. I mean, he would be in line to start if Armstead doesn't make uh, his goal of coming back for uh, the week one opener at the L.A. Chargers from this lower left leg injury that he suffered in joint practices against the Texans. Uh, so across the board, left guard was a competition. Liam Meichenberg, who was a 2021 second-round pick that the Dolphins traded up for, um, and he was a left tackle at Notre Dame, and then he's had to move around. And then now they're trying him at left guard. He was starting to play some of his best ball at that position last year around Halloween, midseason point, when he got injured, and then uh, he had to miss some significant time there. Uh, Connor Williams is still just in his second year as a center, and he's been good at center, but still Every now and then some snapping issues come up. So uh, that's something to watch there. Robert Hunt at right guard is probably the most – consistently reliable when you also include health because when Teron Armstead is playing he's obviously uh, the best one on the line and then Austin Jackson at right tackle uh, he's also a big question mark there because uh, he has been very up and down uh, his first three seasons and the last of those three last season he only played two games uh, he got injured uh, with that ankle re-injured it uh, so he missed 15 games and went on IR for each of the two games that he did play uh, so now uh, he feels completely fine from that ankle but still has a lot of questions to answer on the final year his rookie deal he was a first-round pick in 2020 as well along with Tua
3: yeah so yeah I definitely think you know the, the Dolphins again Dolphins just kind of have similar issues well on the offense a lot I want to ask you uh actually about the defense and I'll start with Christian Wilkins is, is this situation could it is it going to be a distraction to this team uh going forward especially for the whole year
4: you could say that but uh, really Christian Wilkins he really means it when he's always saying that he is just focused on the team when he shifts his focus to just being the best player uh, he can be, then he, he really does that. He really sets his uh, head down and, and, and does it. So yeah, I buy it when, and for, and for a lot of players, maybe I wouldn't, uh, when they say, yeah, you know, although I wanted my contract situation uh, resolved uh, right now, I'm just focused on the team. A lot of players, you're think, oh, yeah, that's just what you're saying in front of the cameras. But uh, really when, when Wilkins puts his, his head down and, and decides uh, to uh, just focus on the team, his play that he does that he has said before that he remains motivated regardless of the contract situation playing out or, or not uh, and in fact now he's probably has a little extra chip on his shoulder uh, because uh, it is yet to be resolved so now he's got to go out and prove that not only is he the super productive uh, run stopper that has uh, been the key in this Dolphins defense being number four in run defense last year and very strong against the run game all the years he's been here since he was a first-round pick in 2019 but that he now has to uh, add to the pass rush because that's ultimately what pays in this league. So I think he's looking around a lot of the defensive tackles uh, around the league, uh, whether it's a, a Quentin Williams, whether it's a Javon Hargrave, whether it's a Dexter Lawrence, who he was a teammate with at Clemson and seeing the contracts they're getting. And, and he's saying, you know, why am I not valued at, at the same rate now? He hasn't, collected as many sacks as those guys, so in that interior pass rush is part of it. Uh, but I think he's looking to add that to his game. I think he showed that one year. You know, he was participating in team portions of practice in training camp, so now he's got to have that translate onto the field uh, during the season, and then uh, he'll be rewarded if so.
3: Yeah, I just think he's a different player than, as I said, Quentin Williams. They're asked to do a lot of different things. As a, with Quentin, it's more he's your traditional sack guy, and, uh, not necessarily the, the run stopper. I think uh, Kristen is. So yeah, definitely it's hard. That's why I thought the Dolphins should have paid him before Quentin came about. Because now you know Quentin's the number two defensive tackle in football as far as money. And now if you're Christian, you're like, yeah, I'm trying to get that paper too. So it's kind of you're kind of in that hard situation.
4: Yeah, it sets the market when you see what other guys are making, so... Um, some of that could have been uh, resolved earlier, but now Wilkins is getting an idea of that market from, uh, from looking around and, um, and obviously the dolphins, they're going to have a lot of other salary cap uh, uh, questions to answer in the coming years. So they have to uh, be smart about the, the whole situation as well, because pretty soon you're going to have to pay uh, Jalen Waddle. You're going to have to pay a uh, Jalen Phillips, uh, Javon Holland uh, to a You're still on his rookie contract and he's got his fifth year option. But then after that, Oh, uh, what are you going to do? That's a big reason why a lot of people feel Dolphins really have this two-year window while you're still paying the quarterback a, a rookie uh, contract uh, to uh, really go out and compete. Maybe similar to the Jets with uh, Aaron Rodgers at the end of his career.
3: Yeah, I, I think I think so, too. Uh, just from what you say from Vic Fangio earlier on, just what's the effect he's had on this defense?
4: Yeah, well, uh, a lot less blitz than we've seen from the Dolphins Uh Uh, under the Brian Flores and Josh Boyer regimes and uh, Josh Boyer was uh, Flores' defensive coordinator and then stayed one year as the Dolphins wanted to maintain some consistency on that side uh, while they transitioned from Flores to McDaniel, but it really didn't work out uh, last year. And uh, Boyer didn't have it running the same way he did when he had the backing of Flores. So, uh, uh, Boyer and them, they would get a little uh, blitz happy. And then uh, at a certain point, it would get predictable for opponents. And they knew how to expose it. They knew when it was coming, where it was coming from, and then uh, could attack those areas vacated by the blitz. And uh, Fangio is not as reliant as much. He said in his first press conference here, uh, actually right behind uh, where I am so on that podium, uh, he said uh, he, he likes to dictate the terms of, of uh, when, when he blitzes. Uh That, uh, when, not when the, that he, when, when he decides he's doing it and not when the, uh, the offense, uh, forces you into it. So, uh, he, he'll be more selective in when he does it. And then that'll be more coverage, more zone, uh, coverages, uh, than we've seen in that press man to man that could help Xavier Howard, who, um, he's getting up there in age and has had his groin injuries. So maybe he runs a little bit less with, with some receivers and, uh, can keep his eye on the quarterback, uh, can help him get back to that ball hawk uh, type of corner that we know can uh, bring down those interceptions and uh, let those edge rushers uh, go to work, Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb. Uh, so now as opposed to the blitz, now now you have more guys in coverage, uh, maybe more time for Phillips and Chubb to work on their specialty and just get to the quarterback. So a lot of guys that could benefit. And Fanjo has also helped a lot of safeties. He's had uh, about seven Pro Bowl safeties in uh, his last few uh, stops so now Javon Holland he could be uh, next in line as he goes into a big third season for himself
3: yeah I was going to ask you about the secondary just the confidence that you have in them because you know, obviously X is coming off a very difficult year in 2022 but you know we say that like when he's on he was one of the best quarters in football and now I think you know, expect to have Jalen Ramsey kind of take some pressure off him. Obviously, that won't happen at least the first half of the season. So, can he return back to that level? Because he, like as you alluded to, he gets a, he gets like, getting a little bit longer the tooth as far as age as well.
4: Right, right. So that's going to be a key is for X to to return to that level, and uh, maybe that less of a stress on his uh, his legs could help him in in that regard. Uh, he really wasn't himself last year, but I think a lot of it had to do with those groin injury injuries. Those things linger for uh, players that are on the outside that have to run a lot and use those legs a lot in in full-speed sprints and showing the recovery speed, guarding uh, some of the fastest athletes that are in the NFL. And then aside from that, then, uh, yeah, Jalen Ramsey's injury uh, hurts a lot, but uh, they have Cater Kohu on the other side, who was an undrafted rookie from 2022 and uh, really emerged and was relied upon as another corner. So uh, I'm expecting him to take another step. And then when they're in nickel packages, he'll move inside, and then I'm expecting uh, Eli Apple, a veteran, uh, who uh, obviously everyone across the league knows him for the, the trash talk, and he's b- back here with Tyreek Hill, and uh, they're they're united after that beef that they had with the Bengals and Chiefs. Now on the same team, but uh, I expect him to be that uh, uh, veteran on the core on the uh, boundary uh, when they're nickel packages like Kohu Co- who be in the slot, and then they got a uh, Cam Smith, the second round pick out of South Carolina, who has impressed a lot at times in training camp. I mean, it seemed like every practice he was. Uh, breaking up a pass, showing some recovery speed, uh, either sticking right with a guy to break up a pass or uh, recovering and then getting his long arms uh, out there to the receiver when you thought it was going to be a catch that he gives up. But in that last preseason game, we saw him give up a touchdown over the top. So uh, Vic Fangio kind of warned us a little bit that uh, sometimes he's not in the best position. So that's kind of one of those rookie things that they got to correct and, and work out over time. So I think uh, maybe as the season progresses, he'll get more and more ready uh, to be able to provide uh, another cornerback there. And they just traded for uh, Kelvin Joseph, a guy uh, who was highly drafted in 2021. They got rid of uh, uh, their own 2020 first-round pick, Noah Benogany, who uh, really bust label has been all, all over him since uh, he was drafted in that first round. Um, and then now the Dolphins finally parted ways with him, traded him to the Cowboys. Uh, Kelvin Joseph can give him a guy that's maybe more so in the in the slot as well as a backup in that regard, and then also a special teamer, which no way Igbenogany uh, was not.
3: Uh, I, I got a couple more questions for you before I get you out of here. One, you know, we spoke to Aaron Rodgers about this and just about teams. He said himself like he thinks some teams are jealous, like all the coverage that the Jets have received this off season. You, you can't be a naive to the fact, not just you, but I'm sure everybody, that they've been the media darling of every, the entire offseason headed into the year. So I don't know if you've spoken to Dolphins fans, Dolphin players or anybody else about this, or, but just what is your thinking, you know, inside the locker room? Because I'm sure, I mean, the Dolphins are the team to make the playoffs last year. Uh, obviously, the Bills are the top dog, but yet. Everybody's it's just, you know, it's infatuated with the Jets and obviously Aaron Rodgers and everything that's happening right now.
4: Yeah, to be honest, it hasn't come up much uh, this training camp. Uh, I think probably a lot because the Dolphins don't see the Jets until very uh, late in the season for the first time. Black Friday is that first matchup. So uh, I know it'll be a big uh, headline for uh, both of us <laughs> once uh, once we get down to that portion of the season, uh, the, the meeting with the Jets. And Obviously, then we revisit all the Mike McDaniel and Robert Sala stuff because uh, uh, they go back to San Francisco. And uh, and then, yeah, and Tyreek Hill had almost gone there and, and all that. And then, of course, now Aaron Rodgers just brings another flavor uh, uh, to this. Who, who, by the way, beat the Dolphins up just last Christmas when he was still a member of the Green Bay Packers.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't know if you're willing to give a prediction. I know for me, like I had – so my prediction. Then I have the Jets and the Dolphins actually tied for the AFC East uh, at eleven and six this year. So I don't know uh, if you're willing to give your prediction or how you, know, you. What What is your assessment on how you think the season may go for the Dolphins? Um,
4: yeah, I would have them. Uh, w- all right, so actually, our, our predictions just went up on our Sun Sentinel website, and then I predicted uh, uh, eleven and six uh, as the record. So uh, a solid wild card team, because I think still love, uh, maybe. I Maybe I need to move off of this. Maybe it is time, and maybe it's one, either the Jets or the Dolphins that take the AFC East, but I'm still predicting uh, the Bills uh, win the AFC East. Yeah, I see you shaking your head, yeah.
1: <laughs>
4: no, no, I, I, maybe i got to bump off the bad wagon. Maybe it's because I've just watched the last three years and still feel uh, they'll have it together. Uh, that's not to say that maybe something different happens in the postseason, too, uh, because we did just see the Dolphins almost – uh, beat the bills in a playoff game with the third string quarterback Skylar Thompson in a seven versus two matchup. And, uh, that was almost the first seven seed to, uh, to move on. They had a, 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 lead late in the second half in that game. Uh, so really with everything against the Dolphins, they almost beat them in Buffalo, uh, in, uh, in the cold, which Miami historically does not do well in and, uh, and almost pull off a big uh, playoff upset. But, uh, so for now, I still believe the bills will win the division and, uh, in my Super Bowl prediction, I still said uh, the Chiefs uh, being being uh, in back in there and uh, and topping the Eagles in a rematch of last year.
3: Oh come on, man! Like you, you got, I, no the
4: I, same I, think I'm I think I'm I'm picking too much chalk uh, from last. Come, year. Yeah, think, you really
3: are. Yeah, <laughs> I had the 49ers and the Bengals at the Super Bowl. Like I think I think Cincinnati's gonna do it at I least mean, Cincinnati's going to win the title, which, you know, I, I think, you know, you can go with the Chiefs. I think it's easy to. But the thing about Buffalo for me, and, and I just don't – I just think it's a lot of smoke around that fire right now. And, which, I mean, you still have Josh Allen. You still have Stefan Diggs there. But, you know, losing Tremaine Edmonds I thought was big. And I just don't know – I think the gap is closed between them and everybody else in the division.
4: It has closed. That's for sure. And then all these teams, they're going to have to play each other. So – even when we we pick these records that have a lot of wins and maybe not that many losses, and uh, all these teams got to see each other twice a year, so it's going to be tough. And the schedule is tough. Beyond that, too, facing uh, the NFC East and uh, the AFC West, so uh, it,
3: the AFC East really has it out for itself uh, this season. All right, uh, that's it. That's all I have for you. But, David, man, I want to thank you for coming on, man. I I really appreciate it. And, yeah, we'll definitely have you on again. And, of course, you know, I'll see you up here on Black Friday. Like, we'll have to uh, figure out something to do, hang around and chill a little bit outside of the game, that is. Yeah, I got to see you in North Jersey. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, you always stay in the city. So, we got to get you out of North Jersey. yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I, I Thank you, David. I appreciate yeah. <laughs> uh, I Like I say, it's another episode of Back Page Breakdown. My name is Antoine Staley. You can check me out on you know, Antoine Staley on Twitter and all social media platforms too. Uh, check out another episode next week too, Tuesday and Thursday. Also have a episode with Will Parkinson that we did on Tuesday if you want to check that out too as well. So yeah, thank y'all and I hope y'all have a nice weekend too.